the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Hump Day! Yes, it is Hump Day. That means that we are fortunately on the other side towards another great weekend here in San Diego, America's finest city. And let me tell you the weather right now. I hate to brag if y'all were listening somewhere like my family down south where it's like 90-something degrees and 90-something percent humidity and your hair constantly looks like, you know, you're something out of... Um, the movie Hocus Pocus with, <laughs> with uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, this hour we got we've got some more uh, inflation and, and news to to bring to you guys. Um, our man Elhoff, Dave Elhoff, the financial thought doctor, is here with us for his Wednesday Wednesday segment. We've got some Republicans who've decided to make a move to protect children in a very interesting way. I'm actually really excited over. This um, this legislation that the Republican Party is putting forth. But before I go any further, that's coming up a little bit later. Right now, it's time for the man himself, former backseater. The real top gun. That's right. Call sign. You know, I don't think we know. what Did he even have I think a call? it's time to share. I don't know. Financial thought doctor Dave Elhoff. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show and share your call sign if you had one. I don't know if you backseaters have a call sign. Okay. Fighting Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued. And Color me intrigued, Dave. Say it on the air. Uh, what, what was that? What? You can't say it on the I'm air? Not, I'm not going to explain it tonight. It's got to be a personal conversation. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm calling you tomorrow anyway, so I can't wait. Something. Yeah, we got to get an answer to this. Something. What was it? Something Meadows? What was the first word? Fighting. Fighting Meadows. That's what I thought you said. Okay. (laughs) As a fighter squadron, you would be fighting whatever. Okay. Okay, then. All right. I like how you're intriguing. You're mysterious. Financial thought doctor. All right. Thanks for being with us tonight. I don't know where to start. At the open of the show, the first hour, we played this clip from my man, Senator Kennedy out of Louisiana, who said that his citizens in Louisiana are hurting so bad they're coughing up bones. However, he must not have heard Fed Chair Jerome Powell talking about how great the economy is. I want to play this clip and let you respond to it, Fighting Meadows. Clip four. We are highly attentive to inflation risks and determined to take the measures necessary to restore price stability. The American economy is very strong and well positioned to handle tighter monetary policy. (coughs) To conclude... We understand that our actions affect communities, families, and businesses across the country. Everything we do is in service to our public mission. 
we at the Fed will do everything we can to achieve our maximum employment and price stability goals. Thank you. I look forward to your questions. All right, we can end that. We don't need to hear any Okay, so you heard it here, Elhoff. The American economy is very strong. Do you agree? Yeah, but, you know, the economy being strong doesn't affect everyday living people. <laughs> okay, explain. I mean, How can the economy be strong and not help everyday people? Well, it, number one, they're thankful for their jobs. But it doesn't mean that they're not living paycheck to paycheck. Okay, they're they're the ones that have to pay the four, five, six dollars a gallon gasoline, and they're the ones that have to pay the increased prices in the food store. They're the ones that have to stretch their limited amount of income that they have. Thankfully, they got a job, yes, but mm-hmm. you know, you you take in. Hear what uh, uh, Biden did today. He says, okay, I'm going to give a holiday on the federal tax, 18 cents a gallon. Big deal. That isn't what American people have to do. Now, the economy may be strong, and it may be eventually that they might benefit from it, but right now they're living in hell. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to play another clip, and and I don't usually play so many clips, but in this next one here, he's talking about factors that play into inflation. And uh, that's one of the things we want to talk to you about because it affects people's decisions as they're going forward and what they're going to, you know, what they're going to try to do to repair the damage that's been done and decisions to make to kind of make things a little bit better. Um, It's not a long clip. Um, it's about a minute long. I know you. I know you are a backseater, but I think you can hold your attention for a minute. All right, clip eleven. <laughs> I realize there are a number of factors that play a role in the historic inflation that we're experiencing: uh, supply chain disruptions, regulations that constrain supply. We've got rising inflation expectations and excessive physical spending. But the problem hasn't sprung out of nowhere. And in January of 2021, inflation was at 1.4 percent. By December of 2021, it had risen to 7%, a five-fold increase. Now, since the war in Ukraine began in late February, the rate of inflation has risen incrementally another 1.6% to a current level of 8.6%. So again, uh, from 7% to 8.6%. Given how inflation has escalated over the past 18 months, would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. I'm glad to hear you say that. The Biden administration seems to be intent on deflecting blame and as recently as just this past Sunday spread the misinformation that Putin's invasion of Ukraine is the, quote, biggest single driver of inflation. I'm glad you agree with me that that is not the truth. Boom, Elhoff. Powell was forced to admit that this ain't Putin's fault. That is incredible, A.K. I tell you that he <laughs> isn't that the truth yep i mean that was a sucker punch if i ever seen one Mm -hmm. yeah because you know you look at everything that biden did to come in he did everything in his power this demonic crap about climate change and we need to change our energy to clean green energy is all a lie. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. I, and and I'll tell you what, we have over 200 years of resources of natural gas, oil, coal. And I'm, and I'm telling you people, all you have to do is travel across the U.S. and 
go buy a coal plant. Mm-hmm. Go drive by a coal plant. I guarantee you, you won't see one speck of dust coming out of it. No, in fact, there's all these images. Y'all can go and look too and see the Keystone Pipeline and the greenery around it. I mean, it looks it looks nicer than any national park going on out there. But then you go look at a lithium battery quarry, right? That that's kind of yeah. ugly. That's kind of ugly, ain't it? Yeah, especially when you've got uh, uh, orphans and children that are mining it for for free, mm-hmm. slave labor. Yep. And, yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, I sent over a, a article for you from my guy, uh, Brian Westbury. But I also saw an article today from the Oppenheimer head strategist. Okay. And he says the market's going to rebound by 40% before the end of the year. Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm willing to hear some good news. Uh, what what would be what would be the driver for the market? I mean, because we hear all this stuff, the market doesn't like uncertainty. Uh, you know that you know the the market's looking at this war on you know um, on oil and gas, and you know they're they're looking down the road. They're looking at the market doesn't like uncertainty that's coming out of this Ukraine war. What would be the reason for why we would have a market rebound? Well, he doesn't think it's not an easy time, but he thinks the Fed is very capable of dealing with it because of experience dealing with the great financial crisis. Okay. The biggest worry currently rolling markets is the soaring inflation. And he blames the war in Ukraine. But you just heard Jerome Powell say it wasn't the war no. in Ukraine. So, you know, nobody's going to be totally right one way or the right. other. Well, here's what we do know. Uh, we know that you can't keep spending at this quantitative easing and printing money and printing money and printing money and paying people to stay at home is a disaster. And we can't do that. Um, we know that we cannot continue to sustain, uh, you know, um, these gas shortages and these gas price hikes because that drives up the cost and everything else. Um, not to mention affects supply. Um, we know that that all affects inflation. The, the Fed has taken some measures to, to, to raise interest rate rates a little bit, but then that could co- come with a recession. Um, but, you know, we if we were able to rebound after 9-11 like the way we were, I think we can rebound again. But I think what has to happen is, we, and even with, with Biden in office, if we can take control of, I think the market may, may be looking at um, getting some fiscal sanity back in D.C. That may be one thing that will help. Do you agree? Yes, I agree. And I'll tell you something. I had an email today that was very interesting. They always talk about that you have we're going to have reduction of Social Security. But you never hear anyone talking about reduction of of uh, welfare benefits. Right. No, no. <laughs> you know, you who paid for your Social Security are going to pay for the people that are on social welfare. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We should have been privatizing Social Security a long time ago. You know, it was never a smart idea. 
Um, that was that was that was the when really the push for socialism and, and Marxism was really on. You know, the idea that the government's going to provide your safety net by taking money from you. <laughs> yeah, even if you're going to get Social Security benefits, you're lucky if you get seven cents on the dollar. And now we don't have enough Americans reproducing. Where down the road, who's going to be all these young people? Who's going to be the people paying in the Social Security? Is it going to be all these these people flooding in across? the border the refugees that they're bringing in from around the world now these entitlement programs are not sustainable that's for sure um, but I do like the idea that it, that somebody's predicting a market rebound um, all the gains that we made under Trump are gone um, so so I guess we got nowhere to go but up in the meantime I know that people have reached out to you because they know that you've got some ways that you can help them fight you know um and protect their money if we do or if we are in a recession or going into a recession so tell everybody how to get a hold of you best way is to text or call me 619-548-0965 619-548-0965 or you can always go to financial thought doctor and sign up through there and there are some alternatives. Right now, if you look at what's going on with rising interest rates and inflation, there are particular stocks that do well during these times. And that's what we specialize in, is giving you alternatives that are not correlated to the stock market overall. But we position you such that you have protection downside protection and upside participation in the market. So 619-548-0965. All right, Fighting Meadows. Thank you for being here for your weekly segment. All right. Have you seen the movie? Have you seen the movie yet? Absolutely. Finally, your thoughts. Give us give us Fighting Meadows review of Top Gun Maverick. Well, you got 30 it seconds. It was great. Of course, there's some Hollywood stuff going on, but I loved it. And I particularly love Bob. Oh. What Bob for. <laughs> I told somebody the other day that I think Bob might have been might have been written about you, Fighting Dave, Meadows. Did you like the Dark Star? Baby on board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll I liked have to, it all. You I liked liked it all. No. Yeah, and you know what? I refuse to believe that there was any Hollywood going on. I believe every G that they took in the course of those of those maneuvers. So <laughs> I'm believe I'm believing all of it, man. They sold me. I'm believing it. All right. Thank you for being right. here, my dear one. Take good care. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. D- did y'all know the Dems? On a push now for age limitations for those running for office? Why all of a sudden are they worried about the geriatric crowd? Huh. We're going to talk about it when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K. Show on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. What do you guys think? Serious question for you guys. What do you think about age limits? Are you more concerned about age limits? And we've got a we do have a problem in this country where we've got career politicians. 
some of the Nancy Pelosi's that have been in office and reigning terror on the American people for 40, 50 plus years. Is the it, 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 is the issue that we have about age at this point where we these career politicians? No, it's oh, term limits. It, that's OK. So that skins is answering the question. Is it, it do we have a problem with age? Do we have a geriatric congressperson, a geriatric elected official issue, or do we need, and, and therefore we need age limits, or is the issue about a term limits? And yeah, I think maybe you have somebody that gets into politics late in the game, and they're actually, you know, maybe maybe they're a, a, a freshman or a, a sophomore senator, and they're in their upper years. Yeah, I mean, so suddenly we're hearing. For the first time now, we heard David Gergen, who's a longtime Democrat, 888-344-1170 if you want to weigh in. And I know that when it comes to term limits, there's some arguments that conservatives have that, look, if if the accountability, we're supposed to be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And if the idea is that the way that we hold them accountable is that they don't get reelected, if we have term limits, then there's no check on them they could just go okay well i'm going to go in there knowing i'm only going to be there for one or two terms and i'm going to because i don't because getting reelected and becoming a career politician isn't available for me i'm now going to go and just run roughshod and do all kinds of crazy stuff for one or two terms so that's the argument against term limits 888-344-1170 do you think that we need both term limits as well as some type of age limit um that's the question for you guys 888-344-1170 we're all of a sudden hearing that we got a problem with the geriatric community and i think there's a reason why david gergen Started this yesterday. Today, we see a Democrat gubernatorial uh, nominee, Joe Cunningham in South Carolina, is proposing an age limit for South Carolina politicians. And of course, we know that things that start locally is something that the Democrats are going to want to do nationally. Um, he said that there should be a cap that would cut off. Um, of course, he's got a 75 year old, uh, you know, um, um, counterpart, his competition is the incumbent governor, Henry McMaster, who's 75. Um, so, it, but, um, and he even said at one point that fellow Democrats like President Joe Biden are staying, quote, in office way past their prime. So I do, I, I have argued that I think that it gets to the point to where I, I think that there should be age limits on SCOTUS nominees. I think when you've got somebody like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who's just in and out constantly of all kinds of cancer treatment in their 80s, you have to wonder whether or not they're able to effectively do their job. I mean, I, I would ha- I would have a hard time coming in and doing this radio show in my 80s if I was undergoing cancer treatment. What about instead of age limits, Andrea, you have maybe mis- uh, mental and physical standards? Well, but by whose standards do we, you know, Fauci's Fauci would have, you know, they wanted, they wanted to wear a wire, the FBI, the DOJ, um, Rosenstein, they all wanted to wear a wire because they didn't like Donald Trump. So they were going to try to find some way that they could drag him out on the 25th amendment. I'm not necessarily opposed to, um, a, uh, to, um, age limitations, but I think that not, there's some people at 70, that aren't that are not as strong as other people at eighty. There's well, look some at, look at Trump. Yeah, there's some people at forty that quite frankly are losing, and because there's different things that can happen that can affect a person. Um, 
he says our country and our state. But what's going on here with this is that they don't like these Republicans who have been in office a long time. So they're using an excuse to keep them out. That's what's going on with the Democrats, as well as the fact that they they need they 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 need to push Biden out without pushing Biden out by making it seem as though it's some across the board geriatric thing well, it's not going Biden. on it's just a, it's just the way we do, we do things now right um this guy cunningham says our country and our state are being run by a geriatric oligarchy <laughs> kind of true if you think about nancy pelosi if you think about mitch mcconnell i don't know the rest are really geriatric um but we do have a problem with career politicians that people get in there and they just they uh, just fall in love with themselves, their power in the swamp. I mean, how else can you explain the fact that Nancy Pelosi in her 80s could be retired, living her life with her children and her grandchildren? And instead, her last years are so consumed with her obsession and her addiction to power and, tra- and, and con- you know, um, destroying this country that she's not even enjoying her her golden years. Um, so I agree that he says some of these folks have been clinging on to power for 30, 40, and even 50 years. And let's talk about term limits. Then it should really be about term limits. That's really what the issue is here. And I think that on balance, I think that, you know, when you're dealing with people that are going to go in there, the Democrats are going to go in there and run roughshod and do whatever they want to do, whether they're in their one term, two, five, or 50, right? So I don't think that the that the argument against term limits holds up for me. I think that we need term limits. And the power of the incumbency because we've got a, a because we've got the the way money works in our system. Did you guys know that committee assignments, the people that are like speaker of the house, do you know how somebody gets to be speaker of the house? They're the person that raises the most money. Who gets to be senate majority leader in that party? The person who raises the most money. They're literally buying these seats, right? And so because this is all about power and fundraising, they're not really going to, we're, the only, they're not really going to put in legislation that's going to stop that, right? The only way that I think that we can, and because they have the ability to raise money, they've got the power of the incumbency because when they're running for office, everybody knows their name. They've got name familiarity. They're almost assured. That's how we keep the Mitch McConnells in there, Right. Um, so I'm actually open to term limits. I'm open to term limits. I'm less concerned about the geriatric issue because quite frankly, we don't have, I, we're not run, run amok with a bunch of, with a whole, and haven't been with a whole lot of 80 year olds run, wanting to run for president. That's really not been the problem no, we've had. really the exception. The problem that we've had is career politicians like Joe Biden. The problem isn't necessarily Joe Biden's age. The problem is, is that he's been around. He's never held a proper job. And for he's decades plus for decades, decades and decades. And he's been able to use it to to be on the grift to line the pockets of his family. So to me, we need term limits. We have term limits for the presidency. We need term limits for Congress and for everybody else as I'm well. I'm surprised there already is yeah. term limits. And I actually and I actually. Um, kind of think that there should be I think there should be lifetime appointments on the Supreme Court but I think if we're going to that would be the place to have an age limit on them now I'm not an expert on the court it could be that there's so much that's done by the clerks that they're really more figureheads than anything else and they're really just kind of rubber stamping and not really doing a lot of the grunt work there may be like, and I don't mean that they're not they're they're not bringing anything to the game. I mean, you know, we you know uh, these before Sotomayor, 
who actually implied that we had 500,000 kids, I think it was, and in the intensive care for COVID, which is like, and some of the latest arguments from her, it's like, are you kidding? You know, where'd you get your law degree? You know, Murray's House of Learning. I mean, come on. But other than her, I mean, usually you listen to the arguments out of SCOTUS and it's like, you can't even understand anything they're saying or following them because there's such brilliance going on. Yeah, and they're just so brilliant. Um, but that would be the air. That would be, I do think they should be lifetime appointments or maybe should they be? No, they should be lifetime appointments. They need to be lifetime yeah, appointments. The Supreme Court is a different deal. But again, right. then, then I think maybe you have, that's where maybe the, the, the mental and physical checks come into play. Right. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. What legislation did the Republican lawmakers decide to propose um, that really should shock in, in, um, at the left? And make them give pause on their plans to transition kids, at least the doctors involved in those surgeries. We're going to share with you guys when we come back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K. on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. So last week, was it last week? I think it might have been Monday. I can't, you know, it's like every day is becoming a blur now. Um, I, <laughs> is that what happens when you get older? Like you don't remember one day? No, I, I can taste it. Yeah. Um, so some governing body over swimming came out and made a decision and an announcement that nobody, transgender biological males could not compete against women because we don't really see biological women trying to compete against men. Okay, so let's be honest. It's men, biological males trying to compete against young girls and women. So um, they uh, so and it's been controversial. The American people don't want this. The American people understand that it's unfair. Right. And there's supposed to be fairness in sports. That's why they had sports divided up by gender. That's why when we have wrestling, it's divided up by weight class, et cetera. Right. So this governing body came out and said biological males in order in order for transgender biological males who who call themselves women for them to compete against women. They have to have transitioned before the age of 12, which is still kind of arbitrary because um, some people reach puberty earlier than the age of 12. OK, but that was the that was the age in which they uh, made the decision. Um, it's certainly at least better than it shouldn't be at all. And, and my concern about that than putting out the statement is that if there's somebody with a kid that's a swimmer, they're going to push them through transition and start putting them on puberty blockers so that they could compete, which shouldn't be happening in this country. And the GOP has some legislation I want to share with you guys about that in a moment. Um, but the left is apop- apoplectic. And there was an interesting interview that was done. Um, that just goes to show how I'm not sure where this is, what outlet this is from. Um, but I wanted to share this with you guys tonight. Uh, clip eight. I want to ask you about some news that we heard this week. Mm. Uh, a swimming world's governing body announced that it is no longer going to allow transgender athletes in women's competitions. Um, but it's very specific. It was if uh, if they began taking hormone, if they if they started with any sort of male puberty. So it was after 12. Yeah. 12 was the age. Right. Uh, so FINA officials are saying that transgender women have a physical advantage over cis women. And now this morning, the president of the World Athletic came out and praised that decision and many people are interpreting that as you know maybe there's a possibility that we may see a similar rule um, when it comes to track and field I got to get your reaction 
Yeah, I mean, I think, first of all, they, this is a categorical ban. I mean, nobody is going to be able to prove that they've been monitoring their hormones every whatever few weeks since they were 12. So let's just be real about what's happening here. Um, and also, there are not, there's not a single athlete who's trans competing on the world stage uh, at this point in swimming or uh, in track. So what they're doing is regulating a problem that doesn't exist, a hypothetical problem. And at the end of the day, given that there are no trans athletes, who is this going to hurt women, cis women, who have been policed always, and that the whole history of sex regulation in sport has just been a way to control the bodies of athletes in women's sports, cis and trans alike, um, and ultimately there's a long history of just policing the bodies of black and brown women from the global south. That's what, that is what has always happened with mm-hmm. these rules, and of course, this is happening at the most elite levels, but it's going to have an impact on K-12, through where trans kids are going to be targeted, as we've seen in 18 states already that ban trans kids, girls, from sports, um, just to participate alongside their... Let's in that they are Okay, it goes on, but my head is already hurting. Okay, first of all, there's no such thing as cis. There's no such thing as cisgender. And one of the things we've got to start doing is we've got to take our language back. We cannot, as conservatives, adopt this kind of insanity and change our language to accommodate this kind of insanity. And I talked about this in last night's show. I am not going to contribute to this. I am not going to be using this language. You know when you're when there's no such thing as gender affirming surgery. Your gender was affirmed in the womb, okay? You came out with your gender. There is male and there is female. There's no such thing as binary and non-binary. There's no such thing as cisgender or or, or trans. Okay? If you want as an adult, you want to live your life as as the opposite gender, that's fine, but it does not change your gender, okay? We've got to be pushing back against this insanity. But how insane does this person go in talking about this? First of all, saying that this is there's there's nobody competing on the world stage at this point in swimming or in track. Is that not what Leah Thomas was competing on globally? Was that not on the global stage? They're regulating a problem that doesn't exist, a hypothetical problem. This is not a hypothetical problem. This is happening right now. That's why this had to be addressed. And you know what? Why not? And even if it wasn't happening right now, you know that this is where this is going. So why wouldn't they regulate it? Oh, well, this is a problem. We've been regulating cis women and trans alike. Uh, There's a long history of policing cis and trans alike. What are you telling me? What, what, What? That doesn't even make sense. Where is this long history of regulating trans people? And there's a long history of policing the bodies of black and brown women from the global south. What? What regulation skin? What is she, what is this person talking about here? Can you tell me what regulating of, of brown and black women has been going on in the south? As it relates to sports, it's the same regulations, right? Like if you compete in gymnastics or whatever, I mean, the, the extent of what they have to go through to make sure the products that they consume, food they consume is not, you know, medications that they take is is not, you know, outside the guidelines. Those rules and regulations involving sports and women's versus men are equally applied across all genders. OK, and across all skin colors. Now they got to play the race card on it. Right. And they go on to say this person goes on to say that what's going on, this is a political thing. They don't care about women's sports. This is about consolidating power. Um, No, it's the left that doesn't care about women because the left is pushing men to destroy the athletic dreams of women. And it better come out. And this person's concerned is going to happen with track and field. It needs to come out with track and field. But more important than sports is the fact that children's lives are being ruined. Their lives are being ruined. We don't let five-year-olds, how many times do we have to go over the list of what we do not allow young children to decide for themselves and for their bodies? 
at the same time the left is trying to say that an 18-year-old is not mature enough to go and buy a certain type of a weapon, they're saying that 8-year-olds should get to decide whether or not they you know, mutilate their bodies permanently. And it is permanent. It is permanent. So the Republicans have decided to put forth a bill... And they did this today that would allow adults to sue doctors who performed sex change procedures on them as minors. Yeah. You want to be a doctor out there shoving these puberty blockers on kids? Because that's the first thing that we got to stop right there. Then you're going to allow some kid to have their breasts removed. I read I read a, a story the other day on Facebook of this young woman who said, you know, um, my parents you know, listened to me, pushed me into transgenderism, had my breasts removed. Yeah, I can go get breast implants, but those are not my breasts. My breasts are now permanently gone, permanently gone. I don't remember the rest of this person's story, but basically this is, and this is going to happen over and over and over and over again. How many, uh, uh, I think the, the stat is, and I was that kid, right? I've told you guys this story. I was that kid that thought a mistake had been made. And thank God, literally, I was not born at that time in this country. My parents would have never gone along with it. But I would have told somebody at school and they would have probably they would have probably had a closet full of clothes for me to wear boy clothes when I got to school. Start calling me some boy name and having some doctor give me pills. And puberty blockers instead, like the other 90 something percent of children like me, when they're allowed to have their bodies develop naturally, they don't feel that way after they reach puberty. This is this legislation is titled Protecting Minors from Medical Malpractice Act. And it was in response to Biden administration's promotion of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and sex change surgeries for minors who believe they are the opposite sex. Um, this was um, uh, authored by Jim Banks, and Doug LaMalfa out of California, by the way, they're co-sponsoring it with Tom Cotton. Uh, he uh, is leading. They are all leading a Senate version of the bill. Um, and I think this is a fantastic start. Banks said in a statement, the Biden administration released official guidance recommending irreversible and life-altering surgery for minors too young to apply for a learner's permit. These procedures lack any solid evidence and have been rejected by public health agencies around the world. Ten years from now, there will be hundreds of thousands of Americans who are permanently scarred by the radical left's agenda before they reached adulthood. If Democrats truly supported gender-confused children, they'd support our effort to give them legal recourse. Absolutely. First of all, if they really cared about children, they wouldn't be pushing. There's a reason why the numbers are skyrocketing of children who identify as trans, because it's being implanted in their brains. They're being told at the age of four and five that the doctor assigned you, the doctor guessed at your gender or assigned you. I was, and you'll hear this language, I was assigned this gender at birth. No, that's what your body, your DNA assigned that sex at birth. It's child abuse of the worst possible kind. And as disaffected Mike said last night, it's because they want to increase their numbers of their far left activists in this country, the alphabet mafia, as he called them. They want to increase their numbers. 
They've got to make sure that they go to kids pre-puberty because they know that 90-something percent of them will change their minds down the road. And this gives them a legal recourse. But nobody should be in the position to have to use this. Right now, we've got doctors that are allowed to mutilate children and destroy children. But they are they still able, are, are, are they able to prescribe ivermectin if you get COVID? I still don't think they're allowed to do that. All right, we're going to take a break. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Um Skins, do you care at all that Rupert Murdoch and Jerry Hall are divorcing? Uh let's keep it simple. No. <laughs> Um, I, I'm not really sure why this is such big breaking news. I mean, there's people saying that this could have some kind of reverberation somewhere. I mean, for who, you know, for Lachlan Murdoch, you know, the libtards running Fox news. I mean, why do I care about that? You know, what I do find interesting is that, I mean, she's still beautiful, by the way. Um, I don't know how old she is, but, um, she's still beautiful. Um, but I'm not really sure I get the point of, you know, she's got to be in her late 60s or in her 70s. He's, I don't know, what up in his 90s. I mean, you know, and you got all that money. What do you need, you need to go through the divorce for? You can just live in separate properties. Why put the family through all that? And then you never have to see know. each other. Yeah, you never have to see each other. Because, I mean, evidently, um, you know, this is this this is just becoming some. I don't know. Was the, I? I don't know if there was a prenup or if this is some kind of Anna Nicole Smith situation. I don't know. Um, I don't really much care. Um, this coming weekend is go- going to be a big test for your favorite movie. Uh, it, it's got it in the bag. Whatever this test is. Yeah, well, uh, you okay? Who do you? I'm going to tell in you in a match off. Let me no. Let me give you the matchup. It's Maverick against. One for the money, two for the show. Three to get ready now. Go, cat, go, See, now, don't you? I'm looking forward to seeing the movie you're talking about, the new the new Elvis movie. Uh, early reviews from critics are out, and it is not getting good uh, good reviews. And considering uh, also the running time of the movie, it's a little it's a little longer. Um, and Top Gun coming off of its best week since it started. Um, I'm going to say that there's nothing to worry about and we're going to continue to stay strong at the box office. All right. Um, what's your, what's the, what are you hearing about Elvis? I'm not really sure on that. I, I'm not, I'm torn because I loved, uh, uh, walk the, walk the line was, great. Walk the line was absolutely fantastic. I was not really sure why, you know, it's interesting why Reese Witherspoon, who I thought did a great job, I, I still thought that, you know, um, what's his name? Was it River Phoenix? Yes. Yeah, I thought he was just absolutely amazing as Johnny Cash. Um, so, I'm just hearing it's a little long. It's a good good story, good setup, and then it just drags on. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, you got to have some, you got to have some kind of content. And I mean, it's going to be a long movie, which is fine. There's lots of movies that are long that I like. You got to keep people captivated and it's got to keep moving. Yeah, well, it's interesting because as I'm thinking about Walk the Line, that was well over two hours. But, you know, did, was there really enough of Johnny Cash and, and June Carter they to had carry? They had a great on-screen chemistry with that movie. Yeah. 
Well, and and there was and there was two there was two phases of that movie. There, there was, was there was the you know the early years of them, and then there was, of him and his first marriage, and then there was the later years, or you know, with the whole June Carter thing. So yeah, there was more storyline to show you. Also, the more movement of Top Gun Maverick. A lot of people like to go see it in like this 4DX experience where mm-hmm. it's like where the chair moves. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, but there's been such demand for it to be put back in that because they initially had taken it off after the first few weeks. They're putting it back in 4DX for this movie. Mm, okay. Um, I also, um, there, and, and since it, it's interesting because, you know, I always thought of Elvis as so old, but he actually was young when he died. He was very young. He was very young. And I think that's one reason why the story could drag on because really, you know, he he didn't have he didn't live as long as Johnny Cash and June Carter did. So I think that and they and he didn't have as many ups and downs. And and I I also don't know, you know, how far they go into the reality of him being a creeper. You know, I mean, you know, because let's be honest, he had some really weird stuff that he was involved in. Um, you know, you know, she was Priscilla was re, what thirteen when he, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, to me that's pedophilia. I'm not really sure. I'm really interested in that. Nan, I'm I don't. Looking forward, I mean, Tom Hanks is in this too, and I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan. Yeah, did uh, did is that prosthetics or did he really gain a bunch of weight? I think. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think he gained a bunch of weight for it. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, he's such a great actor, but I'm not sure he can rescue that. And I don't really think. That I'm liking the actor here. He just doesn't look Elvis to me, and 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 it's not even just about the face as much as I just when I look at him, I don't I I don't think he exudes Elvis. You know who was amazing was the movie about Freddie Mercury. Never saw that. Oh my gosh, that was great. And I was never a really big uh, Queen fan when it comes to the music. Was you, huge in a Queen. You know, I like a smooth groove. You know, you know just now really- as far as the guy not actor not looking like Elvis, I will say this. Uh, just comparing it to one of my favorite Star Wars movies where they did a like Now, what does Elvis have of, to do with Star Wars? Of Harrison Ford. Okay. Uh, and they obviously couldn't use Harrison Ford. He doesn't look like him, but the guy that played young Han Solo just did amazing, and people loved his performance. So I'm going to give him a shot. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have you go watch it. the spirit of Elvis. Maybe he does. To me, Elvis was a creeper. Call me and tell me if you disagree with me, 888-344-1170. I'm also not a big fan of Baz Luhrmann, who made the movie, because he did that movie with um, Ewan McGregor and um, Tom Cruise's ex with the red hair. She's oh, now Nicole married. Kidman. Nicole Kidman. Um, what was the name of that movie? I don't remember the name I of that movie. I they were in a movie together. I didn't like it. I, I You know, it's kind of like for the same reason I don't like... Uh, um, I, I didn't like, I don't like, I'm not a Tim Burton fan. I don't like really? Tim I don't like Tim Burton movies. He ruined Batman for me. Ruined Batman. Oh, he did a great job. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was nauseating. You're Danny the minority Devi- on this one. Danny girl. DeVito with the fish and the, as the joke, as the, the penguin. Jack Nicholson as the Joker was priceless. Nicholson as the Joker was great. But, um, but the rest of that, no. That was a no for me. I need Batman to be cheeky. I need Batman to be sexy. Okay? I don't need to be feeling like I'm getting nauseous watching Danny DeVito gnawing on a dead fish. A raw dead fish. Not interested in that. All right. Thanks for being here, guys. Appreciate you. Love you all. We'll be back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Maybe another movie review. (laughs) Who knows? Love you all. Take care. See you then.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.